You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Coach Barry Sanderson, it's time to take you inside the locker room. Presented by Dr. Pepper on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into the hot day edition of Inside the Locker Room 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you want to get in on the show with us this morning. Our Twitter accounts at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. Email address for the show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone. And you can take us with you anywhere you go. Joe, am I turned up? I can't really hear myself. All right. If it's has to last, it has to be tough. We stand the elements year after year. We've had a lot of rain uh, here lately. When it comes to building outdoors, it doesn't come any tougher than Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine from Great Southern. For a project that stands up against Mother's Nature's Best, be sure to head down to your local dealer for Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine, the lumber that protects against rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. Get only the best for your next backyard project. And remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then you don't want it. A quick shout-out from yesterday. I had the tire situation, Dad and Joe. My main man, Allstate Insurance, Andrew Knifer, went to the house. I told him how to get in. Got in the garage, pumped the tire up, and plugged the tire for me. Now that right there is where somebody's going and switching over to Andrew Knifer and Allstate Service. Service with a smile. Also did something stupid this morning. Was a little tired. Got in a little late last night. How'd you play? That's what I want to know. Outstanding. So we, I was going to make a Keurig coffee, Joe. So I put my Yeti cup under there and put it on full tilt to give me a full cup of coffee. One problem. When I went back in there, the coffee was all over the counter. I didn't take the lid off. And so I said, sorry, Jenny, I've got to go to the radio. You're going to have to clean this up. So do you think I'm in the doghouse this morning? I guess you are, probably. Tell me about that game. Tell me about that game. uh, Oh, no. Aliceville, um, undefeated. Uh, we had played them early in the year. Uh, they packed this place out down there. And, uh, quite honestly, our guys have gotten a lot better. And we made a bunch of plays, made shots. Uh, Walker Key got 25 or 26. By the kid, the other senior gets 16. And we just gutted out a 57 52 win. It was amazing. Uh, we had a bunch of, TA parents and cheerleaders and all oh, they're packed right in there behind our bench. You don't they don't even have chairs. You're just sitting like on the row with the fans. How long take you to get down there? It's about an hour, and it's an, it's the back roads. Like there is no cell service. If you got Verizon, you just leave it at home. If you're going to Aliceville, uh, so. Uh, it was our last regular season game, but uh, as far as road wins go and environments and all, I've been. I've coached a lot of places, but that was probably as good a win as I've had it, even at the college level. So that was a lot of fun. Like I said, so I'm uh, proud, proud of when do you When do you play in the tournament? I, that's why I got to go today to find out. So I'm going to have to leave y'all about 30 minutes into the show to go over to Greene County with yeah. 
my guy Jacob. So anyway. all right, last night uh, Alabama, and let me say this to you: uh, not, uh, forgetting the dunks and the and the three point shots, you don't have to forget them. But you could tell the first two trips, three trips down the floor, that Alabama had worked very hard half court with their half court defense. Uh, not that Vanderbilt ran a lot of stuff because Vanderbilt three for thirty, which they shouldn't shoot thirty threes, but. Alabama was down, ready to play, guarded the ball really well, and I, I didn't know how they were going to shoot. And I'm, I wasn't concerned about that, but I knew the defense was going to lead them to a lot of offense. And that's exactly what happened. Their defense was outstanding in the first half. They were ready to play. Uh, they played it with uh, 14.57 on the clock after five minutes, a little over five minutes. They put in four or five more kids. Had nine or ten kids play double-digit double minutes. And... Um, so after that, the break started good on the defensive boards. The boards were outstanding. Um, they made 19, I think 19 threes, which just, you know, Vanderbilt didn't do a very good job of getting to them and defending them, but you still got to make them, and they did. And they got a lot of cheap baskets off the break. And it was one of those games where, uh, you know, records were set, I guess, but it just. But I think the, the main thing that I looked at, where most of you don't, most of you look at the dunks and the threes, and that's you should. But the the defense, the, the effort on the defense, and the understanding of the defense was improved. I know Vanderbilt's not; it's not Oklahoma State, but uh, certainly Vanderbilt uh, uh, got clobbered pretty good. They made Vanderbilt uh, use no timeouts. During the entire runs that Alabama had, they they didn't they didn't make any timeouts. They just let it go, and uh, it was pretty it was a pretty bad game. So uh, if you're if you're a Vanderbilt fan, and um, that's that that's really the way that goes. Uh, last night, uh, Mississippi State uh, again can't shoot it three for twelve from a three, but they go to South Carolina, who's really bad. South Carolina's now one and eight. Um, Mississippi State moved up to two and seven. Uh, so they won that game over there, a lackluster game. I've tried to watch all of them so I could come in because I wasn't sure about Barry. And then uh, A&M kept it fairly close with uh, Arkansas, decently close. Uh, Council played really well. Uh, he's, you know, a really good player for them. And the Davis kid is a good, at best outside shooter. I think they're playing a little bit better without, their, without the two guys that they've lost. Uh, so they had a... 81-70 win over Texas A&M gives Texas A&M two losses in the league. Uh, so, as I have said all along, it's a Tennessee-Alabama deal right now. And then last but not least, uh, Ole Miss played hard. Ole Miss lost, had two starters out. One was hurt. One uh, said he wanted to leave of absence, um, uh, whatever. And uh, Kentucky uh, you know, they, they don't, did okay. Uh, two kids from Kentucky, uh, Reeves shot the basketball pretty darn well last night. He, he's a, he's a good shooter. And, uh, um, uh, she way didn't have a great night. Top, uh, topping, uh, played pretty well and shoot, shot the ball pretty well, but it was a hard game for Kentucky for a while. So, um, those are the things that, and, and that's about it. And then of course tonight, um, we have the other three games, and um, we'll talk about that a little bit in a few minutes because the Bears got to go. Okay. All right. Looks like Alabama did not change the lineup. Uh, went with the same Bradley Sears, Betty Ico, Miller, uh, Clowney last night, but uh, looks like everybody played plenty of minutes. So 
I did not get a chance to see that. Um, God, this is a small world. Jenny, uh, dad had hit her mirror uh, packing out of the garage. It's been several months ago. So Andrew Kniffer once again said, you need to go out to Bonner's. We got a guy out there named Jonathan. So I said, all right. So I just uh, said, I went out. I said, well, does Jonathan know I'm coming? Well, I went to saw, saw him. Says so Jonathan here. Yeah, this is Jonathan. He said, hey, I was on your radio show last Thursday. And being Jonathan Carr, who was the soccer coach at Brookwood, was the one there. So small world. So Jonathan took care of me uh, with the estimate. Now, they like mirrors, uh, evidently, the ones on Jenny's car. So I, I didn't love the estimate, but I guess I got no choice. But Jonathan and Andrew there took great care of me. All right, uh, Dad, Ryan Grubb. Yeah. Uh, turns down Alabama. Everybody, oh, he yeah. wasn't no way he was offered it. Yes, he was. All right, so, you know, the guy lives in Seattle. He's a West Coast guy. Never probably even been to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He flies over here. Now, the guy was making $2 million, yep. and I think Bill O'Brien was making $1.1. Alabama's not used to paying – I don't know. I guess maybe uh, Pete Goldie. Was Pete Goldie making $2 million, Joe? No. Uh, Almost one five. I think. One five. I thought he got right up at 2 there. Check that out. Um, so, now, what are the factors of this guy turning this job down? One, I think when he looks at how far he's got to move his family, he's going into an area he knows nothing about. I don't know. Was Alabama willing to match, at least match the money he is making at Washington? And then, lastly... Does a guy like that look like look at this? And I hope he does and say, you know what? That fan base is so unrealistic. They're so brutal on the families and these guys. I don't want to go be a part of that uh, and take a pay cut, go all the way across the country. Did any one of those factors I just laid out factor into this guy? Well, uh, his answer is I've got it good to himself. Yes. Not publicly. I've got it good. How am I going to get it any better? I'm an offensive coordinator making $2 million, and I'm, I'm in an area of, of the city, of the, of the country that I like. And uh, now I don't know, did was he did he fly in here commercially? Did they fly to get him? No, I don't know that. Okay. I don't. I couldn't really tell. I think he spent the night. I, I guess he visited with Coach a good, a good bit. I don't know if he told Coach before he left he was going to stay. I waited wait, uh, wait until he got back and called him and told him that he was going to stay there where he was. I'm not sure. But um, you can see the reasons. You know, you can see the reasons that he would come, and you can see the reasons that he would stay where he is uh, once he came and, and decided that, um, you know. And the other factor, too, is if you are, are a coach like Coach is that re- – requires you to recruit some, although the offensive coordinator recruits less. You're not familiar with, you know, you, you couldn't get the best from me. You, could, you, you wouldn't know which way to go. So um, I just think that he must have gotten a lot of good feel off of, off of uh, this kid. Uh, not kid, but Well, man. Jason, uh, but my buddy, he texted me, and I think he was being silly. But I don't think that this is quite that far-fetched. He said he learned from another West Coast guy named Brian Harson. And you know what? I think there's some truth in that. You go to an area you're not – if I were – I would bet they're probably good friends. I would bet he probably called Brian Harson and said, hey, I'm thinking about making this move all the way across the country. Tell me about it. And Brian Harson would say, boy, get back on the first plane back to Seattle. Brian uh, Harson still is a little bit different. Brian Harson came in with a, a very big, big-time big disorganized recruiting plan. 
I mean, he and he got Irish guys. Well, I'm talking about more about how they treat you. Yeah, well, but yeah, okay, well, how you treat because he, you know, if this if Grubbs comes in here, he's got somebody that knows how to recruit and already here. Uh, when Harson came into Auburn, he didn't. They had all eighty-eight and out the gate. And he didn't know how to handle it, and he, and so I, you know, I have all kind of answers to that, but uh, I don't know what direction coach is going in in now. And but uh, he, he undoubtedly had had a good feel for this guy, and, and thought maybe a person that coming in, you know, sometimes you come into a place like that and you say, "Whoo!" Like you're talking about, I didn't know it was going to be this this hard, this difficult. People are going to be on me that bad, so. Um, he did. What I, think he takes, I think him. it takes guts to take the job, but it also takes guts to turn Nick Saban down. I think it's. I think it's both. Yeah, okay. uh, Joe. Somebody once told me, and I think this happens with your with some of your people that work for you in the radio because I look back at them when they leave, and then they're don't mess with happy. If you're happy, don't screw with it. Uh, I know there's one guy that was in the radio, and now he's still trying to find himself, and he loved radio. He, he needed to find out a way to make it work with radio. Don't mess with happy and i think this guy was probably pretty happy where he is two minute truck 1330 martin road east that's where you go pick up your boxes your packing supplies whatever you need to make this a smooth it was local out of town out of state let the professionals handle it give them a call today for the free estimate 205-247-5050 that is two minute truck movers who care Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck on 2059 westbound. Just past 73, that's McFarland Boulevard with delays. If you see conditions folks need to hear about, please give me a call, 205-886-8886. Business is so good at towns and Nissan, they need your help in sales and service. Go see BJ or Kylan at Towns and Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. My name's Mary Kay, and I'm live from the Town Square Media Newsroom. And we have an exclusive story at TuscaloosaThread.com about how the CEO of Green Track said that his long-running Green County Bingo Hall will close its doors permanently. In a phone call to the thread, he confirmed that the closure will be effective starting today. And two Tuscaloosa City Elementary Schools were designated as state schools of character. Skyland Elementary School in Oakdale elementary school will be receiving these honors. In a collision? Easy decision. Make one call to one name. Mesreno, 206-6300. No representation of the quality of legal services to be performed. It's greater than quality of legal services performed. Coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, Protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and colder, the chance of some scattered light rain through tonight. A high today, 47, tonight's low, 40. Tomorrow, another cloudy day, a soaking rain by afternoon, the high 51. Friday, the sky mostly sunny, the high 48. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. All right, breaking news, not what people around here are interested in, but it is breaking news. And that Tom Brady is retiring. He put out a 50-second video. It's popping right now on ESPN. Joe's got the 50-second video. Uh, Joe, go ahead and play what Tom Brady said about his retirement. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point. Right away, I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. That uh, that te- uh, television money is going to be big, son. Yeah. Um, it's going to be on TV tomorrow starting probably. Well, I mean, I'm sure they'll. I don't know what what network is he going to be on. Oh, uh, I forgot what. I Fox. Forget what he signed it, a ten year deal with Fox for three hundred seventy five million. Oh my goodness, three hundred seventy. That's thirty seven million. Would you say? You don't remember us? Yeah, whole I don't know why I was year? thinking it was seventeen million. Thirty seven million. Yeah. Why did he play last year? And they hadn't even heard him speak. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> did want to mention that D'Amico Ryan is uh, uh, going to. Houston. Yeah. I wanted to mention that. I thought, thought that was, you know, of some interest to our listeners. And and um, former Sean Payton, uh, former New Orleans coach, is going to Denver. Yeah. So those two things I, I wanted to be sure I got to the basketball game first. So yeah. that's the reason did that. All right, get to the Yellowwood hotline, and we'll bring in uh, Bryce to the show. Good morning, Bryce. morning. Good morning, Barry. Congratulations on your great win last night. Thank you. Uh, and uh, and uh, that's awesome to go down there and beat Allisonville. Tom won't call in. I, uh, somebody told me Tom was out walking, and but I never saw Tom in the gym. So I he hadn't I, called in Tom, like several days. Tom must be listening to another station, Joe. What happened to Tom? I just wondered if he's sick or something. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. The same thing. I think he's been frustrated hey. with the phone signal. Oh, uh, math phone signal. Okay. Well, they ain't got no Real phone signal in Aliceville. I found that out last night. So he can't be, they ain't got none. If he's got Verizon, he can't talk on the phone. What else you got, Bryce? Hey, uh, have we got any kids we're going to sign today? Uh, I don't think anybody's signing today, uh, Bryce. Well, that doesn't make any difference then when he makes his announcement. Do y'all think this guy from Washington was actually offered the job? Yes. Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay, well, I, I don't know. Y'all, I'm just asking y'all's opinion. However, uh, Vanderbilt just was at the wrong place at the wrong time, bud. After they, and they, they ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, that game was just, they were in it. They had a 5 0 lead, and after that, it was over with. You know, Alabama just hitting on all cylinders last night. Yeah. And, well, they play wrong. They they can't play the way they do. They can't they can't shoot thirty threes. They don't have thirty people can shoot thirty threes, and they don't guard anybody. Right. Other than Alabama played well. Well, 
yeah, they did. They lights out last night, like like NATO said. You know, uh, he hated to be Vanderbilt, but uh, did I see that score wrong? Oklahoma beat TCU pretty bad last night. No, TCU, TCU won last night, did it? but it wasn't against Oklahoma. Okay. Well, I, it must have been the girls that I saw the schedule then. Yeah, probably uh, was. Well, I, I'm sticking to what I said, guys. Derek Dooley, we hire somebody. <laughs> Derek All right, okay. Bryce. We'll see. I got you written down for well, Derek Dooley. Thank you, Bryce. And, 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 and uh, Pruitt. Pruitt. Pruitt and Dooley. All right. Until he's at heart, somebody. That's who I'm sticking with. Guys, I appreciate y'all letting me talk. And very uh, good luck. I hope you draw a good seat in the tournament. Yeah. Thank you, Bryce. Yeah. What's happened to Tom, uh, Joe? Tom's. He not listening anymore? I'm not sure. I hope he's listening. If he's not listening, then we've lost our, you know, most loyal listener on does the whole he, station. Does he call in your show anymore? No. Yeah. No. Hmm. I probably ticked him off. Oh, yeah, it could happen too. Uh, Deb Pruitt, the uh, longer this thing goes, I mean, what are we really waiting on with Pruitt? Uh, I wish. Waiting on clearance for the conference office. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Um, and people said they would take him, and then even if they got a show calls him poorly, you can't take him, and then no. something comes in take him off it's the just field. Simple. I, answered, I answered your question. They're waiting on conference. You know, they, they has to go through the commissioner, and the commissioner's. Uh, doing, uh, trying to find out exactly what the NCAA, you know, the funny part about it is you talk about what the NCAA is going to do and, and then not even over college football. <laughs> but if you're, if you're, uh, Greg Byrne or you're even Sankey and you call the NCAA, will they tell you? I mean, do they know at this point? Will they get, what kind of information do no, they get? No, I don't think you? they know. I don't think, I don't think they've met on the thing, but they'll all suit it. And the other factor too is, uh, I don't know that he said he's going to drop the suit against Tennessee. And uh, that, that, of course, that kills it completely. You don't drop the suit against Tennessee. It's not going to be a hiring by anybody in the league. So, there. Um, Joe, what is the latest on the defensive coordinator? I hear people say, well, they're going to bring uh, Freddie Roach may go with Demichio Ryans. Did Freddie Roach play with Demichio Ryans? I believe so, yes. So I guess they're boys. Uh, I think Demico was. He may have been here when Philip was coaching here, uh, playing he was here. Oh four to six, oh three to six. He was here. He, he was. Uh, he, he was not. He, he left before Coach Saban got here. So what are the chances I got from Bessemer, Alabama, being the head NFL coach of the Houston Texans? There's only thirty two jobs in the world. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, congratulations, Dan. He looks like a. Really nice dude. He, he runs. A, he had a great defense there for San Francisco. Dad, you think this guy may come and? I think Houston's a hard job. Yeah, real hard. Uh, but I think I don't know what I think. Uh, Joe, what what pick do they have? Number two. Houston's at two and at twelve. So they need a quarterback. They need everything that they can get. <laughs> they need a quarterback. They need an offensive line. They don't have any wide receivers. They got a decent little running back. They, they don't have anything on defense worth talking about. They, they, they're dump, they, they're a trash franchise. You think he should have taken a job? Coach, I don't think he should have. Yeah, I don't either. But you you, you can't pass up on opportunities. Like well, not, yeah, unless, he, unless he's getting some feelers somewhere else. Because that's a guy – 
that could get another job. Like sometimes you got to take what you can get. Uh, I think he could probably get. I don't know if there's any other. It's the relationship that he has with Houston. You know, he played there six, seven years. or Guys so. like living in Houston. Uh, you know, like Robert oh, Murray still got a house traffic. there. The, yeah, people like living there. Athletes, pro athletes. Uh, I wouldn't give you ten cents to live in Houston, but uh, tra- yeah, traffic is brutal. Uh, brutal, brutal. But, um, uh, Dad, your thoughts about Tom Brady finally hanging it up. Of course, he's got somewhere to land, so he's going to be all right, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's going to make it. Um, it you know, what's it's gonna, what it's going to do is make all the other announcers mad. <laughs> People are starting to not like Romo. How can you can he be? Why, how can you not like Romo? People just like to complain. Do you not like Romo, Joe? Yeah, I like it. Most of the time, I like him. He needs to keep the the the, the telestrator put away before the plays. I think he's good. You think he's tipping off the other team? No, you? no. But like, I don't want you drawing on the screen before the play even happens. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, draw on the screen afterwards and replay if you want to. But come on, we're about to have a play. You don't need to be drawing on the screen. All right, he's pretty good. All right, you'll let you get JC. I'm going to slip out. But let me tell you, first in main condos, the three-bedroom, three-and-a-half-bath condominiums in the historic district of downtown Norport, washer and dryer included, stainless steel appliances, all granite countertops, electric energy-efficient appliances, the Internet and direct TV are provided with these condominiums. That's a humongous savings right there. You're really like two minutes uh, from downtown uh, Norport. Uh, so the location is outstanding. Five minutes from Bryant Denny Stadium. Give them a call today. Tell them you heard on Inside the Locker Room. Get one month free rent. 205 657 7465. Go to com. I also want to give another shout out to Andrew Kniffer. He's my Allstate agent. You know, you saw what he did yesterday. He went way beyond the call of duty. And I won't say that's not the first time he's done that for me. I've needed. Uh, camp insurance before and he's got it to me in five minutes. 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 in Norport. If you want a guy that's going to take care of you, Andrew's your guy. 205-722-9201 for home, life, auto. Don't just pay the bill. Know what you're paying. Andrew Knifer, Allstate Insurance. You're listed tied 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. I'm Kim Rankin with your Tide Sports Update. Washington Offensive Coordinator Ryan Grubb will remain with the Huskies. This news comes one day after Grubb interviewed for the open offensive coordinator position at Alabama. Former Alabama linebacker D'Amico Ryans will become the next head coach of the Houston Texans. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck on 2059 westbound, just past 73. That's McFarland Boulevard with delays. If you see conditions folks need to hear about, please give me a call, 205-886-8886. Business is so good at Townsend Nissan, they need your help in sales and service. Go see BJ or Kylan at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Football is back, and no one does it better than the sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. This season, you can watch the game with nothing on the line. Boring. Or you... Tomorrow, another cloudy day. A soaking rain by afternoon. The high 51... 
Friday, the sky mostly sunny, the high 48. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Coach, welcome back in the inside the locker room. It's just going to be you and me now to close out the show. But we've got uh, we've got our friend J.C. Sherbert on the line from thebigspur.com. We're going to tell you about Yellow. Yeah, won't you tell them about Yellowwood, and we'll bring J.C. into the show. Well, Yellowwood's very, very best uh, if you're looking for something that's going to hold up for you for a lifetime. I've worked down there for a year. I can tell you right now that Yellowwood is a thing to, to look at it. I think it's, you'll be very, very pleased with what you get, and it'll stay with you for a lifetime. JC, good morning. Good morning, Coach. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Um, a funny situation happened here. Not funny, but maybe a little bit unusual. In that Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator at Washington, came in, spent the night, um, and I just say this because you'll, you'll, you'll correct me. I, most of the time, Coach hires somebody that also can recruit. Now, I know the offensive coordinators don't recruit as much as the other people on the staff, but it was an interesting, and uh, he was making $2 million at at, uh, at uh, Washington. Is that a little bit of a surprise to you, or tell our listeners what your thoughts are? Uh, I don't know. It, 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 it is a little strange. Usually these things don't. I mean, I guess it happens some these days, Coach, where a coach will come in, potential hire on campus, you know, but it's usually rare uh, just because of the media uh, portion of it. Um, as far as who he is as a coordinator, you know, I, uh, I would guess he'd be – I mean, Washington had a good offense last year, but they're they're coached by one of the better offensive minds in the game in Kelly yeah. Moore. Yeah. Um, so you got to kind of – Ask that, but as far as their style of offense goes, I think it, I think it would fit Alabama and Nick Saban quite a, quite well, frankly. Um, I think uh, I think that would be a, a, a direction to go, uh, as opposed to a you know an air raid or something like that. Because I, I just don't know that you know that's something that uh, I, I don't know. You know, with the Alabama running an air raid offense would be a little bit different. Yeah, um, and I and I don't know that that's always sustainable. You know, because uh, you don't protect your defense with that style uh, a lot at all. So, have you heard anybody at all that he's, he's that you behind scuttlebutt that he's t- looking t- uh, to it with the offensive job? Um, with air raid guys? No, no, no. Just anybody that Coach Saban is looking at. Do you know of anybody else that he's looking at? Well, there's what they were talking about Jeff Levy from Oklahoma. Yeah, air raid guy. He was with Heifel, you know, uh, and all of that. But uh, you know, to me, the Washington guy actually made more sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought stylistically that would be better, or, or a guy from the NFL, uh, something like that. Um, that's used to the you know the RPO game and stuff that they've been running. So that's um, you know that's probably you know that's my take on it. But I, no, I have not. Actually, gotten come across any good names, you know, um, uh, in quite a while. So, uh, next thing I want to ask you is, 
at a meeting in Montgomery in front of all a lot of coaches. Coach came out with a with a, with a, a statement where there's a guy wanted a million three or something that he wanted his sister paid for to go to school, and he came out publicly with that. Um, and you know when he says stuff, it, it kind of jumps out jumps out of the paper. Other people say it doesn't mean much around here anyway on this show. Um, are you surprised that he that he talked about it like that openly, or what's your thoughts on that? Well, sort of, but not not really. And you know, um, I kind of wonder who it is. Uh, to be honest, because if it was Javion Cohen. Uh, you saw where he ended up. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Uh, and his recruitment was a circus anyway. And, you know, sometimes that's telling. <laughs> you know, some guys, they, it's like it's like endless summer. You know, they don't want recruiting to end ever. Um, and, man, you're not going to pay that. I mean, yeah, and I, I don't blame Coach David for doing it. And most coaches would probably, you know, you want to go to Miami and make money and get your brains beat in by Duke, more power to you. Because that's exactly what's happening over there, and so uh, I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't blame him for that. If that's the guy, I don't want to. I, I, I don't mean to speculate on that, but um, yeah, a million three. I mean, come on, you know. And and really, if you take care of your business at Alabama, you're gonna make your money. You know, uh, either at Alabama or in the NFL. I mean, and, and Saban's right when he says their players make. You know, as much as anybody, because you know what, they're worth it, <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's the right way to look at it. And um, you know, I think that that's uh, more more and more coaches you will see uh, once we see some of these big spenders like a Miami uh, just struggle mightily on the field, and then they spend all this money, and then they got to buy out coaches, good coaches that they paid. Yeah, you know, because I don't think Mar- I don't think Mario is a bad coach. Yeah, yeah Gatt- Gattis left. He that dead to buy him out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Now Gattis was kind of a paper tiger a little bit. I, I as an offensive coordinator, I think he's a heck of an assistant coach. Probably, probably, probably a guy that would be a better head coach than a play caller. But yeah, so they're already by. And I think once we go through some cycles of this, everybody's going to calm down and be like, "Well, wait a minute." You know, we all got big-eyed and thought we were just going to buy our way to wins, and there's a whole lot more to it than that, to play winning football uh, in college. You know, you're going to have some crazy crazy stories, just like Coach Saban said. You're going to have some guys leaving that, you know, you're wondering why in the world they left, you know, that kind of thing, uh, and guys moving around for money, and that's fine. That's just going to happen. But but I think we are going to look at here in the next couple of years a settling of all this, uh, to where it makes a lot more sense. It, it, it's almost like I believe, you know, there's enough smart people that are in coaching right now that, that will understand that, you know, you can self-check self, you, self check yourself, you know, on it for the good of the game and the good of your program. Because I think a lot of people are going to find out, you know, all this money really has nothing to do with winning and losing. And um, it, it, it's really unrealistic and actually can work against you. Um. Uh, Joe, you can chime in. I'm, let me ask you one more question, Joe, if you got something to ask him. I uh, um, I look at the West next year, and that's more of our, more of our people listen to that. I see improvement in Auburn, and I see some stability in LSU. 
I see those two things. I could be dead wrong. You know, I'm a basketball guy. <laughs> so, but I I do see some eighteen eighteen kids they signed and, and transfer portal Auburn has more than that really. And then I think LSU has got their feet on the ground and and smarter. Um, the rest yeah, of the West and Alabama is going to be wait and see. The rest of the West is not quite what it what it needs to be. I don't think. Yeah, Alabama will be favored. I mean, people people are starting to talk up A and M again because I think oh they are they still got a lot of those, those talented guys out there. But you know, my guess is they'll rebound to be there. And I don't know, you know, if Petrino and, and Jimbo, can, if Jimbo kind of leads, because that's interesting because Bobby Petrino is basically a Jimbo Fisher 2.0. It's the same style of offense, but Bobby Petrino is just a lot better at calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jimbo's not a bad play caller, don't get me wrong. Bobby Petrino's elite. I mean, he can really scheme it up. But if he leaves them alone, they could be much better on offense. And okay. I think they're in good hands on defense with D.J. Durkin, so – and they'll probably come back eight and four, nine and three. Uh, Arkansas has just had a miserable last half of the season and off yeah. season, but they returned their quarterback. You know, Ole Miss has a three-way quarterback. Lane Kiffin's got a three-way quarterback derby going on. Uh, that'll be interesting. I I don't know about Mississippi State after what happened yeah. there, and then they had to retool their offense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, but I, I agree with that. Auburn, Auburn and LSU could finish second and third in that division. Easily next year, Auburn can finish second. I mean, I, I I don't, you know, you know when Auburn's down, they're usually right around the corner of coming back up. Right. I mean, they went winless in the SEC, and the next year they're playing for all the marbles. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, especially with Hugh Freeze in town. I think he's a much better fit than Brian Harson. Uh, oh sure, uh, no he, doubt. He's there. hungry and motivated. My recruiter get back out. <laughs> yeah, and he's a recruiter. Yeah, he's got yeah. talent coming in and. They'll have players, and uh, they'll have a good scheme of things, and they got a good staff. And you know, Auburn will be back. Uh, I think we're talking to JC Sherbert of TheBigSpur.com, dot com, and, and he joins us each and every week on the Yellowwood Hotline. JC, I want I want to ask you about Freddie Kitchens now that uh, the offensive coordinator search has taken <laughs> many so many twists and turns. Can you give us an update on where, bring him, where, yeah, where he is? This close to bringing him up, and I was like, because I did hear. Coach asked me if I'd heard anything, and I, I told a little white lie because I did hear his name the other day, but I, I didn't want to get in trouble with anybody yeah. in South Carolina. But sure. Look, uh, go back and watch the first half of South Carolina's bowl game against Notre Dame. Freddie called that game. Um, you look at what he did in the NFL when he took over on an interim basis, calling the plays uh, with the with the Browns. Not necessarily the Giants, more of a three game thing, and they were kind of dead in the water anyway. Um, but that's that first half. Now the second half, they handed it off to somebody else because South Carolina ran out of tight ends, <laughs> like had no tight ends. Uh, I'm not kidding. And so they went more of an air raid attack, and that's uh, that was another guy on staff specialty. Uh, so they didn't call it, but that first half was masterful. I mean, there were all kinds of shovel passes, motions. It's kind of similar to what he did at the Browns. So uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens, former Alabama quarterback. Um, you know, he uh, he's built like Brian Daybol, you know, because you get Brian got good to get a physically guy like Brian Daybol back. Um, and uh, he's a hell of a play caller. So uh, I, if, if Saban went in that direction, uh, Alabama fans, you know, I know they'll probably scratch their head a little bit, but, uh, you know, it is one of, one of your own. And uh, I do think he's got, um, he's got a lot of good ideas and concepts. And, you know, you plug him into Alabama's talent and, 
I, I think they'd be in pretty good shape. JC, the uh, the thing that a little bit of a concern to me in the East, and I think he's a good coach, is Florida. And the quarterback left <laughs> for more money somewhere else. Uh, they've lost some people. Uh, I think I think he coaches them. I think he, I think game by game he does a good job of preparing for every game. Where, yeah. where does Florida stand with their with their program? They're going to have to remain patient. You know, look. At some point, Florida's got to realize that. You know, you. you, you I, I don't know. You know, Muschamp, Mac Wayne. I understand. Zook, I understand. Dan Mullen, I really didn't understand. I, and, and I know he rubs people the wrong way or whatever. But you kind of look at their recruiting in, you know, Florida, I think when they got Billy Napier and he hired, what was it, 55 assistant off-the-field people, uh, and they got $10 million of NIL money, I, I think they thought they'd be rolling in recruiting. But they really, they're really not. I mean, they, they really are recruiting about like Dan Mullen did. A lot of, a lot of in-state kids from Florida and you know, some guys here and there. Now, he does do better in the transfer portal uh, to a certain extent. But uh, Dan Mullen's a heck of a coach. I mean, you have a strategic advantage, you know, if the talent's equal, um, going into a game with him on the sidelines. And, you know, so I, I think I think Florida, you know, I, I don't want to say they've made their bets so they need to lie in it, uh, but I think they need to be patient, unlike they've been since Steve Spurrier walked out the door. Uh, back in '01, you know, it was 22 years. That program's had constant turnover. So I mean, hey, it may be another six and six season where they look great one week and not so great the next. Their quarterback's probably going to be Graham Mertz from Wisconsin, who's not terrible. I mean, he's not Anthony Richardson or that freshman they were bringing in, but he's not terrible. He's a good game manager guy, somewhat athletic, uh, and they'll need to go play defense and, and try to win that way. But uh, I think Florida fans, Florida, their administration, their fans. You know, they have to just accept the fact Spurrier's not walking through that door. That was a quick fix, and he inherited a loaded, loaded team back in 1990. Uh, Urban Meyer's not walking through that door, and Urban also inherited a loaded team. Billy did not. You know, uh, he, they got some pieces here and there, but with the portal nowadays, he, he weeded out a lot of guys. And so I think for the first time in 22 years, Florida fans are just going to have to be patient and understand that it is a build. You know, not a complete rebuild. They're not terrible, but you know, there may there may have to be a year where they look and say, "Hey, we went to the Gator Bowl or Outback Bowl. That was a pretty doggone good year." You know, yeah, <laughs> all things sure. considered, yeah. um, because they're just they're behind. You know, and 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 you know, and they've you know they're capable of beating most teams in that division, but they're also capable of losing, as we saw last year. So uh, that that's that's Florida's patience to me. But I I share your concerns because there's. You know, you just kind of wonder, like, you know, a lot of guys have left. Who, who's going to make the place? Yeah. Who's going to make the place for this? Um, I'll ask you a basketball question, and not not that you um, have a real feel for it, maybe. Uh, they they gave some money to the freshman kid at, at, at South Carolina basketball, who is, he is good, but I don't think great. I, I hadn't seen him that much. They're... The ladies' basketball has gone big, and you know they're all national championship in it. They, they lose a good coach, I think. They bring in another one. There's nobody at the game. They're one in eight in the league. Um, <laughs> there's, there's there's no interest. Um, can that thing turn the direction and go the right way or not? Not to, not this year, but in the future. 
I think it's going to be really hard with the current circumstances. Now, South Carolina, there were reports out there, mostly from North Carolina fan sites, that Jack, Gigi Jackson got with $3 million. Look, I was involved with that. I mean, they, I'll they, tell you they right need now, to get some of it back. <laughs> wasn't even close to that amount, though. But yeah, I mean, he, you know, and he's got some NIL deals and stuff. But I mean, he's 17 years old. I mean, and looks, you know, suppose 17 year olds, you know, they're going to look great one day and bad the next. And he has no supporting cast. And what concerns me is, I, you know, Frank Martin was good at going and finding guys. Yeah. You know, re- recruiting kind of underground. And uh, and you and I have talked before about Frank Martin probably needs to recruit a little better if yeah. he, if he wanted to break back through, but because uh, they'd lose their big in-state guys and things like that. But when you're in a situation where you know it's either that or what you've got now, you take you take 18 wins and, and nine nine wins in the league. I mean, if they hadn't changed the daggum NIT rules uh, to where it's now like basically a mid-major invitational, Frank would have had postseason seven out of ten years in South Carolina. Unfortunately, only one NCAA tournament. And a fight, uh, and a cotton picking Final Four. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Final Four. <laughs> I mean, he's very similar to Andy Kennedy, you know, and, and the run he had at Ole Miss, except except he went to the Final Four. He got, he got I think Andy got to the Sweet 16 one year. But, uh, and I, you know, Kermit Davis is a great coach at Ole Miss, but yeah. look, they're struggling. Yeah. You know, so sometimes people time. need to be careful. Be careful what they wish for. You know, Lamont Paris is a good man. I don't know him that well. I know some of the staff. Um, I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes when Eddie Fogler took that job, right, Coach? Yep. Uh, it was a different time. And uh, Fogler immediately started stacking top in-state talent. I mean, and they almost got Kevin Garnett and Jermaine O'Neal, uh during that time period and won the SEC in year four or five. And – you could see, even in those years where he was struggling to rebuild, oh, well, you've got these guys coming in, this guy's coming in, this guy's coming in. You just don't see it right now. And, uh, you know, well, it's yeah. the fourth most popular sport on campus. You know, basketball in Carolina used to be big. Oh, I know. That's the reason for, that's the reason for the question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it, you know, they got when they got back into the SEC for the Metro Conference uh, and then won the SEC the fourth year or fifth year they were in it, uh, I think everybody thought they were going to go back to the glory years, the ACC years, and they built a big new arena, and the bottom just fell out. So it's a uh, it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, with women's basketball rolling, and then you get a national caliber baseball program, and then football's heading in the right direction. It's a football school. And, boy, men's basketball is just the bottom of the totem pole right now. And so uh, I don't know that it – I mean, I think we may be looking at another – Five ten year run where South Carolina men's basketball is just bottom of the league, and yeah, I think Oklahoma so. and Texas are coming in too. I mean, shoot, you're not gonna have a not gonna have a shot, Joe. JC, I wanted to ask you uh, about D'Amico Ryan's coach, and I were talking about him er- er- earlier in the show and about him taking the Houston Texans job after Houston's fired their last two African American coaches after just one year. Do you have any trepidation about D'Amico Ryan's uh, ma- ba- making that his first head coaching choice? Ah, uh, you know, on that subject, I-, I think with if you look at kind of how that league hires, and, and I-, I don't know, you know, people. People claim it's a racial thing and stuff. I I don't know so much a racial thing is that those owners and general managers, they either recycle guys like the Carolina Panthers did uh, or like the Jaguars did, uh, and that's successful. 
I mean, how many jobs North Turner have? My goodness, <laughs> that guy never won anything. Um, or they, they 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 start to trend in this, uh, you know, like now the the trendy thing is these young hot shot play callers, and so then it it, 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 it I think it boxes a lot of good coaches out, you know, uh, a black white otherwise. But if I were D'Amico Ryans and, uh, you know, got the opportunity, they have a high draft pick, they're probably going to draft a quarterback. I, I could see them trading with the Bears uh, to get Bryce, um, unless the Bears want Bryce. But uh, they can get a quarterback. I think he's got a higher good OC. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't blame him for taking that job. I mean, because, you know, uh, a good coach one time told me, a basketball coach named Seth Vining from Gainesville, Georgia, uh, he was at East Hall High School, and they had just won a state championship. They had a bunch of juniors, they thirty-one and one, had everybody back. And he took a job at a private school, Lakeview Academy, and they didn't win much the next year. <laughs> uh, he's kind of a Nolan Richardson type coach, pressed all over the court, really fun to watch. And I asked him one time, and I had a lot of respect for this guy. I was a young sports writer, and he, he said, "You know, JC, in coaching, you can't just sit around if there's a job you want and 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 pass it up." Um, you know, because it may not ever come open again. D'Amico Ryan may not ever have the opportunity again. I mean, his name may have, if he turns it yeah, down, his true. name may never come up again. And so, uh, and I think in his case, it wasn't a job, it's, it's any job in that league. There's only 32 of them. So, you know, I'm excited for him and excited for Alabama fans. You know, Alabama fans talking about, hey, he does well down the road, you know, he, he could come home. So, kind of like Ray Perkins, you know, but, uh, that um, I, I'm happy for him, excited for him. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, trepidation wise, you know, yeah, it, it's it's tough. But man, you know, like I said, those opportunities uh, when they come along, I think you got to jump on them. And uh, I, I'm happy that that he did. He's a heck of a player, and he's a heck of a coach. So uh, very happy and, and proud of him. Before you leave, Mike Morgan, uh, he was here last night. Well, not here, but he was in Tuscaloosa last night. Y'all having a hard time getting that po- podcast going, aren't you? busy. <laughs> yeah, well, during basketball, sometimes it happens that way, man. And unfortunately, I had a I had a really close friend of mine pass away. So oh, I'm really? probably going to have to dip out and go to – yeah, and I had health issues in December, man. I mean, it's it hasn't been a good month for J.C. Uh, Sherbert yeah, either. So, terrible, yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's just I got I got a head – head back for a funeral but uh yeah we'll get back together on it we've got a lot of good things coming up on the podcast we've got a website we're developing and stuff like that so uh it'll be more consistent more content all that pretty soon and certainly uh in the meantime everybody needs to listen to mike uh call the games because he's really good at it well i appreciate you being on very much and uh we look forward to talking to you next week thank you coach you have a good one thanks thanks guys have a good one okay that's J.C. Sherbert joining us on the Yellowwood Hotline, and we want to thank Alabama One for sponsoring the program as well. Coach, do you want to tell, tell them about Constant Companion before we close out this hour? Well, Constant Companion Hospital over at uh, the Narrows Drive, on, on uh, 150 Narrows Drive, actually, at, on 280, is an uh, outstanding place for you to take your dog. 635-0313, I think you'll find Dr. Foster, and will do a terrific job for you, so go by Constant Companion that new animal. Tell them you heard it on our radio show and you'll get high price.
We'll, be, we'll go ahead and take our top of the hour break. When we come back, our phone lines will be open. The Yellowwood Hotline will be open at 205-342-9904. You want to talk about the ball game last night, who the new Alabama offensive or defensive coordinator will be, or react to Tom Brady's retirement. Anything that's on your plate, we'll be here to talk to you on the other side of the break. This is Inside, of, inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. My dog and my kids and me. Uh-huh. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Charles and Nissan Traffic Center, we still have at wreck 2059 westbound past exit 73 with delays. We now have one on McFarland westbound at Skyland. Watch out for that. If you see conditions, give me a call. Business is so good at Towns and Nissan, they need your help in sales and service. Go see BJ or Kylan at Towns and Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. In a collision, easy decision. Make one call to one name. Mesreno, 206-6300. No representation of the quality of legal services to be performed. It's where the quality of legal services perform. Other- Big 870. We're also going to go out to Houston. We're going to cover D'Amico Ryans from that perspective. We'll talk about what's next for the University of Alabama, all starting at 2 o'clock on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Under the biggest cactus in town, Taco Casa. Quality is, is number one. you got to start with a good quality product, but it's got to be at a good value to the customers. Everything is about quality. You just can't stay at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Uptown Square Media Station. WTUG HD2 Northport. W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you Inside the Locker Room, presented by Dr. Pepper, on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Joe. Yes, sir. Welcome Sorry. back. We're right back in. Coach, won't you take it away and uh, welcome, them in, welcome them into hour number two? Well, we're glad to have everybody. Uh, if you want to call in, do so. I, you know, sometimes when we get to hour number two, we, we don't really talk about what we said on hour number one, the headlines. And I guess for most of you people who are listening to our show, uh, the headline would be Alabama basketball because they went in and won big 101 to something. Um my point is that uh, before they ever went down the floor offensively, I could tell they were better. Uh, they were very good with a half-court defense. They played hard high with the half-court defense. They got all the screens. Um, they rebounded, of course, great defensively. So regardless of what, you know, they ended up being dunks and threes. And that's fine because all of you who, who watch basketball love dunks and threes. And I don't blame you because it means your team is really good. And they were very good against a Vanderbilt team who sort of threw the towel in. But they were three for. They attempted thirty threes. That Vanderbilt has no reason to shoot thirty threes. Do, uh, do you did. not think they were talking about that in the huddle, coach? Did you Stackhouse and and, and his staff kind of say? I don't hey, think. You know. I don't think they were. 
I don't I don't think the preparation and I'm not saying this ugly because I don't I don't ever get on here and criticize coaches, but preparation wise, um you know, and, and um it just didn't this didn't work. You shoot thirty threes and you're not making you not you don't have a three point shooting team, you have one kid that can shoot it. Uh, and you probably need to slow the tempo down a little uh, a little bit. But um Alabama, you know, came out and and for Fourteen out uh, five minutes after five minutes of the game, they had a second group in there, and they played ten people double mit- minutes by ten. I mean by that ten minutes or more. So for those of you who did not tune in at seven o'clock hour, sometimes I think Barry and I failed to mention what we talked about in doing that hour when I used to, you know, shoot the bull with you. So if you have calls, uh, we're gonna have Bill on in a few minutes. We're gonna have Philip Pearson on for about three or four or five minutes to talk about the game they have with Florida Atlantic uh, tomorrow night, which is a huge game because Florida Atlantic is, is you know, supposedly very, very good. They've played them once. I watched the game. I think I, I think UAB has a chance to beat them personally, but, you know, I'm not coaching them, so we don't know. Anyway, if you have calls, uh, I want to we'll talk about the game of the future. Alabama goes to LSU. Uh, LSU, of course, was, was beaten pretty badly here. Um, it'll be a little bit t- t- closer game down there, but it won't be a uh, you know it won't be a loss, I don't think. So Alabama it got their attention. I think they had hard practices, and I, as I mentioned, I felt like they would do a lot of work on the half court defense. I think that's what happened. I think they came in, and I'm sure they ran some, but I, I basically I think they got some things cleaned up with their defense. And number one, clean the way to clean it up was play hard. Yeah, Coach, they forced seven, uh, 16 turnovers last yeah. night, Alabama, and they scored yeah. 27 points off those turnovers. I, I just think that you could see it right off the jump that the intensity w- w- had ramped back up for the team. Yeah, I think so. We've got right now with, with A&M getting beat at Arkansas, Arkansas is playing a little better, not not great, but a little bit better, uh, especially at Arkansas. Is it's a little bit like I've said after the first couple of weeks in, in the conference. Uh, we've played eight or nine games now that Alabama and Tennessee are the two best. And it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter which one you want. Which one you want to think is better? We'll, we'll see. Uh, they'll play at Tennessee the one time. Um, you know, Alabama has the two games with Auburn. Auburn is not quite as good as they have been. The one game with Tennessee it does not go to Kentucky. On the other other hand, you look at Auburn's schedule, and I'm not even looking at it now. I've kind of memorized all these schedules. Uh, Auburn uh, has to play Tennessee twice. They have to play Alabama twice, and they have to go to Kentucky. So, how do they, they, how do they justify those imbalances? <laughs> well, now, let's see. I wondered if people recognize that, but uh, sometimes it, what happens to you is you have three teams that you play. That you play every year, Alabama's is, is Auburn, LSU, and Mississippi State, and then each year uh, the the conference, the person that's in charge of basketball there, uh, will add two teams to that to that three, and that means that five basketball teams you're going to play twice. Now Auburn, uh, I I don't uh, I don't think uh, well Tennessee is not one of Auburn's three. I don't think. Uh, of course, there's a big rivalry there because of the coaching situation. So, as it fell this year, getting to play Vanderbilt twice was certainly a break for Alabama. Major a good break. break, yeah. And 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 you know, and, you know, pretty much playing Arkansas when 
when uh, they they were down a little bit. So got uh, somebody on yes, on sir. hold. We'll, we'll go ahead and get them. Let's, let's go ahead and bring Tony in the Andrew Kniffer hotline. Tony, you're on inside the locker room with Coach Sanderson. Hey, Tony. Hey, Coach. Um, in your opinion, if you look at the uh, three losses Alabama has, uh, is there a common denominator? Is it is it the bigs and playing overly physical with Alabama and defensively, especially if that's the case? Uh, can other teams emulate that, or is it is it basically personnel? Well, I, I just think that sometimes they weren't ready to play. Uh, I, I thought that Gonzaga did an excellent job of of getting two point shots. It's one of the few games that you've seen two beat threes. Uh, Gonzaga made a few threes, but they took the ball inside, and Alabama's defense wasn't as good as it has been. In the Oklahoma game, it wasn't, and in the Connecticut game. Um, you got to give Connecticut credit. They came bumper to bumper with them, head to head, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, and guard the crap out of Alabama. And they couldn't get a shot off. And uh, mm-hmm. they were they were the best defense. Now they have not played that well since then. But they they at that particular game because both those coaches, you know, Nate and he worked together. They were friends, and coach always wanted to, you know, play when you friends with other coach, you want to beat him. So they were really ready to play. Uh, defensively, so it wasn't so wasn't so much of Alabama in that game as it was Connecticut. The other two losses, maybe they weren't quite as ready to play defensively. They didn't guard the two very well at Gonzaga, and um, they weren't ready to play defensively. Probably the coaches would tell you, and they got it corrected uh, against Oklahoma. And coach, how does Alabama match up? Do, do we match up well with Tennessee? I think okay, yeah. Alabama can play Tennessee well. Uh, Alabama's got long arms, tennis, and and they can uh, affect inside play, and they can they can also do a good job of defending three point shooters. I think. And uh, Tennessee is uh, uh, at times a very good shooting basketball team. They're very good defensively. Sometimes they don't shoot it quite as well. They they did not shoot it quite as well. Against Kentucky, Kentucky had a lot to do with that. Kentucky came in and played hard, got the break somewhat, uh, got the loose balls. But, um, you know, the one thing you have to understand, you're not going to play, generally speaking, a basketball season without getting beat some. You just mm-hmm. are. You're not going to. You just, you know, people expect you to win them all. You can't do it. The other team is good, too. Or they wouldn't be there. And the other team is got, having a night that they're playing a little bit better than they've been playing, and they're excited to play. You know, the excitement factor if you, and I'm a big I'm a big mental guy, that, so I always felt like if I, my kids didn't play well, it was because they weren't ready mentally. And and you yeah. know if you look at the excitement factor, the excitement for Oklahoma was, was greater than the excitement was for Alabama. Oh no doubt. And, and so in fact, they rushed the court. To sure. That. Um, That's right. Well, I uh, I tell you, I looking at Arkansas, I, I think they're playing better than they were when we played them there. Yeah, a little better. I, I think that's going to be a challenging game and. What do you think about Missouri coming in here? I think Missouri is harder than Arkansas. But, Missouri, well, Arkansas can't shoot from the outside. Davis shoots it okay occasionally, and Council's a good player. But Arkansas, uh, I think Missouri make, is, is more difficult. They're inside, outside, but both of them, uh, the kid from Huntsville did not play the last time that Alabama right. played them, and he'll be ready to play. He's, I don't know that I don't know if Missouri can come in and beat Alabama. I probably can't, but I do think that they'll come in and probably be able to as tough for Alabama as as Arkansas will be. Well, last question, Coach. You know, you know better than anyone. All these games are going to be a challenge for Alabama mentally to get up for. But uh, do you think looking forward outside the Tennessee game, do you think 
uh, Auburn will be the biggest road test that we have this year? Yes, sir. Oh, thinking about it, I would say so because the rest of the schedule is about it's pretty. They're in pretty good shape with the rest of the schedule, right? You know? uh, I would say if you want to just look at it from the standpoint of getting after you, it would be Tennessee and Auburn be the two. But that, yeah. but you know you, you have to be darn re- darn sure that you're ready for you know for everybody. Right. Well, Coach, have a good day, bud. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your call. Coach, why don't we go ahead and take our break right here, and we'll bring in uh, Bill Cameron from the Great. from the drive down in Auburn. We'll go ahead okay. and uh, take our break and come back on Inside the Locker Room. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Live from the Town Square Media Newsroom, my name's Mary Kay, and James Spann says that Alabamians should expect a big soaking for the northern two-thirds of the state tomorrow and tomorrow night. And the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team is still on pace for a storybook season. Last night, they beat Vanderbilt 101-44. to And we have an exclusive story on our free app giving you the latest details on Green Track. The CEO said that his long-running Green County Bingo Hall will close its doors permanently. In a collision, easy decision. Make one call to one name. Mesreno, 206-6300. No representation of the quality of legal services to be performed. It's greater than quality of legal services performed. Coaches took the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy and colder, the chance of some scattered light rain through tonight. The high today, 47. Tonight's low, 40. Tomorrow, another cloudy day, a soaking rain by afternoon. The high, 51. Friday, the sky mostly sunny, the high, 48. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, welcome back into Inside the Locker Room on a wonderful Wednesday morning. It's now time to head out on the Andrew Kniffer Hotline and welcome in from ESPN 105.1 down in Auburn. Uh, he joins us each and every week. He's Bill Cameron, host of The Drive in the afternoons. Coach, you're in with Bill Cameron. Hey, good morning, Bill. How you doing? Doing fine. Well, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Barry had to go out to a meeting for his basketball team, so he couldn't be on this morning, but I got plenty of questions. <laughs> oh, that's fine. No, no, not really. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so do I. Yeah, Georgia uh, and Auburn tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, the amazing thing to me, and I think probably it's a game that you're going to tell our listeners uh, that you could have won, maybe should have won, however you want to say it, um, because Auburn has got Tennessee twice, Alabama twice, and has to go to Kentucky. Uh, woo. And to Texas A&M and had oh, yeah. Missouri as well. Oh, I've got Texas A&M Missouri. I forgot about those two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the game tonight? Uh, you know, Auburn's done okay. They've, they've, you know, they've gone on the road and won, and they, 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 they're just a hair away from being 
a little bit sluggish, but they've done pretty well already, 16-5. They have, but uh, they, you know, if you didn't win those ball games against the schedule Auburn's played, you'd, you'd be uh, even more yeah. concerned. The, okay. the, uh, the thing is, Georgia Georgia is, is a much improved team this year under Mike White. I mean, they, uh, they're, they're playing better defensively, and Mike White has always been, um, been a bit of a problem for Bruce Pearl. I mean, uh, of course, it, it helped when you had the big seven-footer down in Florida, but, but the, 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 the Georgia guards really were the first team, I think, that showed, hey, here's what you can do to give Auburn some problems, really attacking Wendell Green and uh, some showing some, some matchup problems because their guards are a little bigger. Roberts, Okendo, both yeah. uh, had good ball games uh, against Auburn there. I mean, we've seen Auburn lose five games, and in each one of those games, uh, there's been a guard going for better than 25 points. So so that's something that, that Auburn's really got to be concerned with and, and get things turned around tonight. Yeah, I think they, I think they can because that home home court advantage is, is huge for them. I, 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 don't, I was talking to a couple of my Auburn buddies yesterday, and they were talking about Auburn didn't have a good shooting guard. Green shoots it well at times. When the Johnson kid comes in, you don't know what's going to happen. He, he, you know, he's wilder than a dirt road lizard, but sometimes he's very effective. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really struggled this year, especially in the conference. We were looking at some of the uh, SEC numbers, and every, I mean, across the board, everything has really been down for him. He's uh, he's averaging seven uh, seven points less than he did a year ago in conference. He's only averaging around. Uh, between five and six points a game, he was a twelve, you know, a guy that you could count on for, for uh, somewhere between ten and fifteen points every time out last year, you know, like in conference play. And uh, I, the frustration I think has gotten to him a little bit. He's a guy that's that always has been just uh, aggressive and at times overly aggressive. And and this year it seems like you know last last year he was able to get calls go to the line. This year he's being called a lot more for charges as as teams realize hey he's coming. Go ahead and set yourself. And he hasn't been able to shoot the ball from the outside at Georgia as a freshman. He was a forty percent three point shooter and he was a forty percent shooter last year until he hurt his wrist since then he's really struggled i think he's uh he's right at 20 percent on the season shooting three-pointers so that that's been a big problem now he did play i thought he played his best 20 minutes the other day when auburn found themselves down by uh 16 at the half against west virginia he probably played his best 20 minutes there in the second half when auburn made the run so that's the the hope that auburn has is that you know maybe Maybe the the light bulb has has uh, clicked and and he'll be able to play the way Auburn saw him play most of the year last year. Yeah, I, I guess it's a, an Auburn team that that I kept thinking they were going to be a little bit questionable, and I think the schedule has got, sort of gone their way. But uh, sure, but it's you know it's going to be it's going to be tough. I guess Georgia will be fairly tough, but I think uh, you know Tennessee twice and Alabama twice. It's but. We'll next ball games, they they you know if they don't if they were to lose this one tonight, it's hard to imagine them not having a six game losing streak because uh, they go to Tennessee, to Texas A and M, and host Alabama the next three games. So this is a this is this is a, a very important game. I mean, it's a must win tonight. They they recruited some pretty good players. So had the guard did they get a good guard out of Georgia? Or something? I can't remember. Yeah, well they they had uh, they signed one and uh, Aiden Holloway back in the early signing period. I think today, I mean he's uh, he's not a this year guy, but I mean uh, 
Um, re- really good, really good player, point guard down out of in, in Mobile and uh, LeBaron Felons. Uh, I think he's going to commit to Auburn today. I don't know how many other players are going to be signing in the in the late signing period. Um, I know everybody always wants to mine the transfer portal these days, but yeah. they've gotten a bunch of good points coming. And Felon is a guy that, even though he's a point guard, he's a really good scorer. I think they're also uh, they also feel good about another another point guard from over in Georgia. They they have really done well over there in Georgia. Yeah. But Wimp, I think it's a it's a big deal that they get somebody good out of the state of Alabama because sooner or later uh, Georgia's going to keep some of those players home. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I noticed uh, before I called you trying to look at football that they that uh, they had signed eighteen high school kids. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is in which is huge. Which is you know what they need to do. Uh, tell our listeners about Auburn's recruiting thus far. High school and portal and everything that you can think of. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, boy. Today, you know, just just think five years ago. Till five years ago, today was a huge, huge day. This was the day everybody had been waiting for. And man, how many how, how much things have changed? I was looking back at it yesterday. It seems like longer ago than that, but it's just the, the seventeen, eighteen years when we went to that early signing period where all the players are signing. But um, I, I thought it was an amazing. Uh, it was an amazing turnaround by by Hugh and his staff to be able to pull some of the players that they did late uh, high schoolers including Keldrick Falk who's now been bumped up to a five-star he's on campus man he is a uh, he's a he's a good-looking youngster I mean every bit of six five and and um, hopefully is going to be that outside pass rusher they've been looking for but uh, they were able to flip three or four players in the uh in the early period and come up with a pretty good class. I mean, it's somewhere in between 15 and 20. They're, they're going to add another one if they haven't already today. I haven't checked to see the official, official news, but, uh, Jeremiah Cobb, an outstanding running back out of Montgomery Catholic, uh, just, he wanted to wait until all of his teammates, they were going to have a big ceremony for everybody there at the school. Uh, and I wasn't sure, I'm not sure exactly what time that was going to be, but he should be added into the fold today. So, um, they, they, the good news for Auburn is that they signed three high school offensive linemen, three high school defensive linemen, and then in the transfer portal adding three more offensive linemen, two tackles and a center, and four, four more defensive linemen. So those are the two areas where, yeah. where Auburn, I think everybody realized that the offensive line was a, was a big problem, but the defensive front was going to be a problem too after losing Kobe Wooden and Derek Hall and Echo Leota. Sure. Last two are, of course, down in the senior bowl. So they really needed some depth there on the, on the lines of scrimmage. And I think they did a, did an outstanding job of bringing in guys to give them some depth. Um, so, so they've got a pretty full roster heading into spring. Spring ball is going to start early, Wimp. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if everybody starts looking at doing this when you've got a transfer portal that opens up on May 1st. You want to have things taken care of so that you know exactly where you stand with the guys on your roster and you're ready to jump on anybody who steps into the portal because Auburn's going to start spring practice on February 27th, go for a week, uh, then go through spring break, then come back and uh, get back to it. And the A-Day game for Auburn is going to be on April 8th, so they'll have plenty of time to try to evaluate and get ready for the uh, May transfer portal. Yeah. Joe, you have something you need to ask him? Oh, there. I'm sorry, uh, Coach. I, I, I'm just kind of zoned, listening okay, to your me, interviews. Let me go one more with, round. Uh, with Bruce Pearl, do, 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 do you think there's a lot of talk down, down in Auburn? Or, Bill, is there a lot of talk in Auburn about losing the home winning streak? 
Uh, there was a lot of disappointment. You know what's funny, though? I'll, I'll be honest, and uh, uh, you, you guys will probably, uh, and I, I know some of your listeners will get a kick out of this, uh, there were a lot of people that, that almost felt like, well, they're glad at least it didn't come against Alabama. And I thought, God, that's a, that's a, that's sort of a uh, backward way of looking at it. It was going to come to an end anyway. But, uh, uh, but, but yeah, there, there was a little bit of talk about it, not that much. But, uh, but yeah, that seemed like that was the main thing that I heard from people is like, well, at least, at least it's over with now, and, and Alabama didn't get to uh, didn't get to break the streak. Um, quarterback wise, that's what somebody's going to ask me the minute I hang up with you. <laughs> Uh, why not ask you about the quarterback? So I'm asking you, uh, quarterback wise, how are they? How could they? Uh, is anybody they might get transfer portal wise? Uh, it's obvious that that uh, that Hugh is still looking for a quarterback, but I think he's very he has specific things in mind. I think the the guy to keep an eye on still is probably Grayson McCall. Um, you know, he didn't have the credits to be able to transfer into Auburn, but it was obvious he was Auburn's number one target. Um, so I, it just depends on how soon he can graduate because that's the only way he's going to be able to transfer is, uh, is a graduate transfer. So I don't know that he would even be able to be in for the early summer session. It may be later in the summer if he comes in, but, but then since you're, since you don't have a newcomer at quarterback, this spring is extremely important for Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and T.J. Finley. You know, people forget about that T.J.'s still on the roster. Yeah. And even though even though nobody expects, including me, expects him to be on the roster, what happens if he goes out and he's the best quarterback that Auburn has this spring? I mean, because he's he's going through the workouts. But uh, I thought I thought it was really interesting. Hugh the other day uh, came out and said, "Look, his quarterback room's got to mature." that they've looked at the, the film that there was from last year. And granted, I think there were only a couple of series for Holden Gardner, so I don't know that he was talking about him. But for TJ and Robbie, there's plenty enough film for him to say these guys have got to mature and things have got to improve there in the quarterback room. That tells me that's not a surefire deal for Robbie Ashford. They do like his athleticism, but uh, this is a huge spring. If he goes out and has a great spring, then maybe you don't have to sign or bring in an experienced quarterback. Maybe then you bring in one of those highly touted young quarterbacks who lost out in a battle, uh, say, at Georgia or another school where they've got just got multiple five stars. Maybe you could bring in somebody like that. But I think right now the thought is let's see how the young guys do and um, be prepared to try to bring in somebody who's got uh, some, some proven experience. I'm kind of a schedule guy, and I, uh, I haven't studied Auburn's schedule completely, but I think it's, it's the schedule is so that they, they can get off to a good start. I, I know the people are going to be there because they're excited about Hugh being there, but I think they're going to win some. I, I think they got to go to California. But uh, Yeah, they do. Uh, that's, but I think yeah, well, they're, they're off to a good start. Well, yeah. I mean, well, they, well, they open up with UMass at home, then they go to Cal, then they've got Sanford. Uh, so, so, yeah, they they ought to be – they ought to be three and zero before Texas A and M comes in on the twenty third. Gets tough right then, though. I mean, you jump in after those first three. They've got Texas A and excuse me, Texas A and M in College Station. Then the next week, Georgia comes in, and then uh, fortunately, Auburn has an open date before they go to Baton Rouge on October fourteenth. So I mean, that's the way you open up conference play: at A and M, Georgia at home, and at LSU. 
So, yeah, you better get off to a 3-0 and start because uh, uh, you, you, you're, you're hitting it pretty hard there starting the uh, next to the last weekend in September. I'll tell you, this NIL portal has opened up a can of worms, hasn't it? It's, uh, it, I, it, is, it really has. I mean, and I, I'm having uh, I'm having Jay Billis on tomorrow, and he's big, and I got to be careful because I'll make him mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I need to talk basketball with him rather than that. But he pushed that so hard. Oh, he absolutely you know, again he, was one of the one of the leaders there for the players. That. Yeah, so I got to be careful with because I need to keep those guys on like you. But but I, I it. And when Coach came out, Coach Saban came out and talked about the guy wanting millions of dollars to pay for his sister and all that kind of stuff and came out publicly, it just, you know, when he speaks, a lot of people listen a little bit more. Uh, it just shows you how bad it really is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at the situation with the Rashada kid who, you know, was committed to Miami and then, then uh, commits to Florida and then um, yeah. then says, hey, no. where, where's the money? I'm, you know, I'm not getting it. I'm not signing. And, and he's he's uh, maybe the top unsigned player that there is. I believe yesterday um, I saw where only three of the top 100 players didn't sign. And, of course, Rashada uh, is, is the most prominent of those guys. But, but who's out there with that kind of money right now? Who's going to? Who's going to pony up the kind of money that that he's expecting to get or was expecting to get? Yeah, well, it, it to me behind the scenes, I recruited all those years, and and you know, they, there's not any way to keep this out of recruiting. Not any way. You can't do it. It's going. You know, you got to you got to work hard to keep the players you've signed. Not only sign the ones you're trying to get, but the ones that you've signed, you got it's a hard. Job. Oh yeah, no kidding. I mean, you got to try to keep everybody. And the thing is, teammates are going to find out. They're going to be wondering what's you know what's what's the what's their their uh, their, their competition at their own position. What what's that guy getting? What's an, you know what's the guy sure. on the other side of the line getting? Hey, the guy that just signed maybe is making more than I am right now. There's there's going to be yeah, there's going to be some problems. I mean, there's no no way around it. Yeah, NIL and you know NIL money and playing time are the two factors that make you transfer, and so oh yeah, and nobody ever gets enough playing time. So we'll we'll see what happens. Tell everybody how they can pick you up down at Auburn. I appreciate you being on. Y'all you always do such a great job. You got a great voice, and uh, we love having you on. Oh, I, I enjoy it, Wimp. I, I appreciate you having me on. It's the drive every afternoon, four to six, on ESPN one zero six seven. Um, yeah, let's see. Obviously, today we'll be uh, we'll be looking at looking at all the basketball games this evening. Welcome, welcome your calls. You can check us online at uh, either ESPN one zero six seven or you can uh, go to radioalabama.net. dot net. Thanks a lot, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a great week. Great. Thank you. Coach, let's go ahead and take our break right here, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll have Philip Pearson on from uh, okay. from the UAB Blazers. This is Inside okay. the Locker Room. Philip Pearson up next right here on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we still have that wreck 2059 westbound past exit 73 with delays. We now have one on McFarland westbound at Skyland. Watch out for that. If you see conditions, give me a call. Business is so good at Townsend Nissan, they need your help in sales and service. Go see BJ or Kylan at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. When choosing a wireless provider, you're forced to compromise. But what if you didn't have to? What if you could get reliable service without a contract and save money? Introducing Total. Coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? 
because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at yellow wood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's yellow wood. Football is back, and no one does it better than the sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. This season, you can watch the games with nothing on the line. Boring. Tomorrow, another cloudy day, a soaking rain by afternoon, the high 51. Friday, the sky mostly sunny, the high 48. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament, Wimp Sanderson, gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. I got a funny feeling. Welcome back into Inside the Locker Room on a wonderful Wednesday morning. We're coming off a big Alabama 101 to 44 win. Enjoying that this morning. We've been talking about Tom Brady as well. We enjoyed having J.C. Sherbert on the first hour, and we just finished up with our friend Bill Cameron. Coach, you want to welcome in Coach Philip Pearson into the program? Well, I don't need to welcome me in much. We we we're uh, been friends a long time. He played for me, and everything's fine at UAB. I think. Uh, Florida Atlantic comes in tomorrow. I watched y'all play them, and I, I think you got a chance to beat them. <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, we were down there about three weeks ago, and and uh, big game then. We saw we had a six point lead, I believe, with just over three minutes to go, and kind of let it slip away, and. Then a game or two after that, you know, our, our little guard, uh, this, you know, scored all the points for us as, uh, it got injured. And so we've, we've lost, a, you know, two or three more that probably weren't planning on losing. So anyway, one, two last week, but, but looking forward to playing Florida Atlantic. They've got the, uh, the longest win streak, uh, in the country right now. I think it's 20 games. I beat Western Kentucky on Saturday night. I think that took it to 20. Uh, so anyway, it'll be a big game. It'll be a tough game, but we're looking forward to playing. Where 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 are they getting their kids from, Phil? Transfers? Kind of all over. Uh, yeah. Some, but they've got some high school guys, too. They, they've got a high school kid, actually, from Mississippi. Uh, they've got some kids from Florida. They've got a big international center. Uh, they just, you know, uh, Andy and I were talking about just the other day. I mean, they just, they just got a good basketball team. They don't really have, uh, you know, a standout guy. Actually, you'll be shocked at this. Their two leading scorers come off the bench. They're like their sixth and seventh man for them. And they have three guys that score in double figures. They just, they just got a really good basketball team. What they do do, coach, is they've got a lot of guys that shoot the three. And if you go down through their stats and their lineup and it's, you know, guys up and down the lineup at every spot other than their, other than their five spot, their center spot, you know, guys have made 15, 20, 25 threes on the year. So a lot of, a lot of guys are dangerous out there, but you got to guard. Um, how's Jelly? Well, Coach, he's had a little foot injury. Uh, um, kind of wasn't really an ankle injury. It was a foot injury that he kind of stepped funny. 
uh, when we were playing Western Kentucky in here uh, a couple, two or three weeks ago. And I think he's missed five games, tried to get back in there and practice a time or two, and and we thought maybe he'd turn the corner and uh, just just uh, just wasn't able to go. And so uh, we'll see. Uh, we're working him a little bit this week, so I think he's kind of a you know game time decision kind of thing for for Thursday night. So we'll we'll see how it goes. We uh, you know. Played two times last week, won two games without, and we had a hard-fought win over Louisiana Tech here in Birmingham, and that was on Thursday night. And then we hopped on a plane and went out to Houston and played Rice on Friday or Saturday afternoon. Uh, you probably haven't seen Rice; they got a little different team. They've got a, a big old kid on the inside who's kind of a, a finesse seven-footer, if that's the right way to say. You know, passes and shoots and those kind of things. They have a lot of back cutting and three-point shooting their offense. They're a hard team to play, but it was probably our best defensive game of the year. We guarded them really good and uh, got out of there with an 18-point win. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to playing Florida Atlantic. It'll be a tough game uh, tomorrow night. Um, what time is that game tomorrow night? Coach, this is going to be at 6. You know, six. Uh, okay. Conference, yeah, Conference USA has a has a deal going on. Well, I know you've watched some on that CBS Sports Network. It's got yeah. a lot of they do Mountain West. They do Conference USA, and I think they'd be a little American. But uh, anyway, we're on at six o'clock. We've had that eight o'clock slot a couple times, which you know that's a little bit late. But hopefully, the six o'clock. Uh, where is uh? Where is your tournament this time? Uh, we played out in in uh, in Dallas, Frisco. You know, just on the on the edge of that is where we play Conference USA. They do the, uh, the men's and women's tournament from the same site. Uh, Frisco, Frisco City. Frisco, yeah, Frisco Dallas, right out there. Yes, yeah, on the okay. side of Dallas, I believe. It's a okay. you know, it's a nice area. And, you know, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, Coach, you and I have talked about it off the air, you know, numerous times. But um, obviously, we're in a position at this point where we. You know, got to go out there and win the tournament. I think, you know, that's really how everybody is in our league. Maybe Florida Atlantic. I mean, they, they've got to win over Florida, and Florida's, you know, pretty average to be honest with you. I think yeah. you agree with that. But I mean, uh, you know, if somebody ran off a of seventeen and one, or, or, you know, I guess we got twenty games, but nineteen and one or eighteen and two type of conference record. Maybe, maybe you'd have a chance, but this is this is probably a league this year that you got to win the tournament for all of us. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to, trying to get going, get healthy, and play as well as we can, and go out there with a chance to win it. Yeah, well, good luck tomorrow night. I think I, I, I saw you, naturally, I saw you play the first game, and I'm just a spectator when it comes to basketball now, but I, yeah, I think you've got a good chance to win that game. I think it'll be an exciting game. It should be a good game. Appreciate it, Philip. Thanks. Okay, Coach. Talk to you later. Okay. Yep, Coach. We're going to go ahead and uh, take our break. Yeah, open up the, yeah, open up the wires, and if, if somebody wants to call in about basketball or football or whatever you want to call in about, just call me, and we'll. If I don't know the answer, I'll get Joe to answer it. So he knows all the players better than I do. So uh, give us a call. We've got about fifteen more minutes before we close this thing out. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Tuscaloosa Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram, and Pearl River Resort. From the University of Alabama, 
This is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama Sports, and it's brought to you by Koneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at konekasausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama women's basketball guard Hannah Barber will join us this week on Thursday's Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, and she shared what's made her senior season so special. Obviously, from a basketball perspective, to just continue to push our program forward, um, which is one of the reasons why I came to Alabama, like being in my home state and having the opportunity um, to, to push our program to places that it's been before, um, to kind of get it back there. That that was uh, super, super special to be a part of. And then from an academic standpoint, having the opportunity to get a master's, um, super, super grateful for that as well. So all in all, it's been um, better than I could have asked for. I'll have more in a moment. Favorite jeans, favorite shirt. I can make a sausage and I'm firing it up. Yeah, everybody knows how I get my grill on. You can smell that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven and everybody knows. It's how I get my grill on. Kanaka sausage. It's just a little taste of heaven. Here's more from Hannah Barber. Looking back, I think we've gotten a chance to kind of get a rhythm and understand what conference play feels like. Because, again, there were so many people on our team who hadn't had that experience before. So for them to come in in January and and compete the way that they have, it's really a testament to the kind of people that we have on our team to be able to step into that, that position and just continue to fight and continue to be resilient. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Koneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we still have that wreck 2059 westbound past exit 73 with delays. We now have one on McFarland westbound at Skyland. Watch out for that. If you see conditions, give me a call. Business is so good at Townsend Nissan, they need your help in sales and service. Go see BJ or Kylan at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Paid non-trade spokesperson. Action Matters is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention all women who use Tylenol or other medications containing acetaminophen, including NyQuil or DayQuil, while pregnant. If you or a loved one took Tylenol. Nine. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Pour me, pour me another drink. All right, Coach, that's going to got just a few more minutes left in the show today. Are you looking okay. forward to some of the basketball tonight? Auburn and Georgia. You're going to see Tennessee and Florida. Got a couple of SEC games on the slate tonight. Yeah, there are three games on, on the slate tonight. Not any great ones. Auburn, uh, uh, Tennessee does go to Florida. Florida is not the Florida of the past. But uh, Tennessee is, is awfully good, so they'll, they'll probably be in good shape there. So we've got three games and. They're okay. Last night, I didn't talk about this any at all. I meant to and got, didn't get around to it. Uh, Kansas uh, got Kansas State back. You know, Kansas State beat them one point uh, some time ago, two, a couple weeks ago. Kansas beating Kentucky at Kentucky was big for Kansas. They haven't, hadn't had much luck at Rupp much. And uh, then they turned around, even after losing those three straight games, um, they were able to, to beat uh, Kansas State last night at home. Uh, I think it was ninety to seventy eight or something like that, but uh, it was a uh, you know really really good win for them. So uh, Kansas going to be one of those teams. It's, it's really hard. I'm, I'll ask Jay this tomorrow. Really hard to really know who who has the best chance to be the national champion. Um, Purdue's got the real big kid that is really really good. Um, 
but the other four guys have got to play some for them to win. Alabama's awfully good. Tennessee is good. Houston is uh, can beat you if you don't play. And so it, it'll be interesting to see. TCU is good. They they, uh, they ended up winning last night, even though their guard had was hurt and uh, one of the big guys is not playing Lumpkin Kid. So it, it should be uh, an interesting uh, selection. The selection for the seeding is going to be big. Most of you know if Alabama is selected a one, they probably will have a chance to play in Birmingham first two games. Would you be concerned with Alabama Alabama having to play Purdue with uh, Charles Pettyaco, just how thin he is against uh, against Edie? Well, Edie's going to get his some. No, I think I think on the other four positions, Alabama's much better. Now, whether he can beat you or not, if I were coaching against him, uh, I was talking with some people yesterday. I had decided, and of course I'm not going to happen, so I can decide it, uh, that I would defend the other four really hard. And see if he can see if he can get enough to beat my team. In other words, once once they threw the ball into him, I wouldn't double him. I would just I would just do everything I could to take my take my take my uh, my knee and push him in the rear with my knee. And even though I'm not going to be half as tall as he is, but push him off his get him off his balance with my with my left and my right knee in his in his buttocks. And try to make you miss something, and, and I would play him that way for the entire game. I think uh, I wouldn't double down on him from anywhere. And once you double down on him, he just throws the ball back out for an easy shot. So I, I don't know how I'd play him, but I've, I've, it's interesting to me to see exactly how he needs to be played. I need also to mention before we leave Prince Glover and Hayes. Uh, Prince Glover and Hayes, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, outstanding attorneys and attorneys who have done a great job everywhere they've been you met you you saw one of them on our show not long ago they're very good people and i recommend them thoroughly i think i saw i think i saw uh bob prince last night for just a moment uh, yesterday so he was there if they played he was there so last thing for you coach before we get out of here because uh and we appreciate you uh your your time today alabama taking on lsu uh on on saturday so you got to spin ahead pretty quickly uh and and play a team that really you you beat you beat pretty badly last time so uh coach oat's gonna have to keep their minds keep their minds in it yeah i think i think it's a mental game I think it's a game that, you know, when you look back at the last game they played, it was a slaughter. And um, it gives it gives LSU more, you know, more more interest to play the game. And, and Alabama will just have to be ready to play, too. And you got you got to stay. You know, they count, they count the, the, it counts the same number of wins and losses. That's the important thing. It counts the same number. So, you know, yes, it's a big game. And, no, they're not they're not the best team in the league. But uh, it's certainly another conference win. Alabama's got a shot to go 18-0, I think, in the the, uh, SEC. Well, Coach, I really appreciate your time today. We'll talk to you you tomorrow. tomorrow. Absolutely. Let's go to Wim Sanderson on Inside the Locker Room. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with uh, with JC Sherbert from TheBigSpur.com. We had a lot of fun with uh, with Bill Cameron from 105.1 The Drive down in Auburn, and we just heard from Philip Pearson, UAB assistant basketball coach. We're gonna have a uh, the Gary Harris show coming up next. Uh, he's gonna be joining us, join us at nine o'clock. Go from nine to eleven. I'll be back with you on Cup of Joe at eleven. We'll have Big Noon Sports at noon with Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and Christian Miller. Two o'clock. We'll have Ryan Fowler on the game. He will continue. He has been. 
on the coordinator search, just chasing every little sni- uh, tidbit of news for you guys so you can hear him at 2 o'clock. Ryan Fowler on the game 2 until 6. So we'll keep it. We'll, we'll be live and local the rest of the day right here on Tide 100.9. The Gary Harris Show is coming up next.